Thank you for downloading this episode of Discussing Documentaries with Rick Wharton and myself, Matt Wills. Today, we have a Patreon pick by the brilliant and superb Amy Jane. And she has chosen... Look look who turns up for work when money's involved. Look at that, Matt Wills in the office two weeks in a row. I have been so miserable. This is the happiest part of my day. Um, But here's what Amy Jane's done. So she's made Rick a very happy man by choosing her documentary. And she's depressed the shit out of me because, oh, my God, this is beyond true crime. We're we're getting a trend of, have you noticed all true crime? Right, hang on. Let me do do the normal preamble so people know what we're talking about. So we're talking about today, uh, Amy Jane has chosen The Innocent Man. It's from the year 2018. It's on Netflix The director is Clay Tweel. Now, does that name ring a bell to you in any way? It does not. Okay. He was involved in a documentary, which we're going to do, which is named Finders Keepers. And it's about an argument over a man's false leg that somebody else found. Have you heard of that one? No. Okay. And it all kicks off. And they're talking about who owns it because he sets it up in a museum. But also what he did, uh, Clay Tweel, was he done Heaven's Gate which is about the cult of cults and about the largest suicide on U.S. soil. So he's got some, um, yeah, he's got some kudos in, in doing stuff. He's, What's he's he called? Stuff. She, he, Clay she, them, they? I, I don't know. Th- yeah, I don't know the designation. Is that the, is that the correct word, designation? That's not the correct word, is it? That's... I, I'm aware of a basketball called Clay Thompson, so I'm willing to assume Mill, but um, okay. either or doesn't doesn't matter. I guess his name's Clay. He could be moulded, or she could be moulded into anything. Oof. That, that was a, a terrible Clay reference. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that one for the that's, edit. That's the edit. That's gone. Um, here's the accolades. Uh, it's only nominated for one award, and that was for the Golden Trailers Award. I've never heard of the. Have we talked about the Golden Trailers before? No, never no. heard that. The Goldies, yeah, the, the GTs, yeah, the, the old biggest thing, the biggest things, <laughs> the biggest things in crime drama. But I love, uh, I love trailers. I didn't know there was an awards section because surely if there is, Wrinkles the Clown has got to be in with a trailer award for Wrinkles the Clown. I think so. The hoodwink of the fucking year. Yeah, hoodwink absolutely. the clown is what you call that. Or, or any Liam Neeson movie in the last fourteen years could also uh, the trailer for that could could do well. Um, so here's the blurb. It's a six-part series, and this documentary is of the acclaimed author John Grisham's only non-fiction book, and it raises troubling questions about two murder cases in Arda, Oklahoma, in the 1980s. And this was... Me and Rick have been struggling with choices lately, mainly that we're just not getting it right. (laughs) We're breaking the other one. So... We've passed this over to the Patreon, but the other ones we were going to do this week before the Patreon pick was going to be Glow about the female wrestlers, which I really want to want to see. But basically for that, we'd have to buy a DVD at twenty two ninety nine and then a DVD player each. So that wasn't going to happen. Is it not available for rental? No, I can't find I'm it sure anywhere. I'm sure I found it rental. Um, and then we were going to do She Shears, but basically 
I got, um, I was driving back from a gig on Saturday night and I had, I'd only eaten like a Magnum and one Whisper bar. So I wasn't at my best. And I got stuck behind this car from, from like the get go. And basically I was so angry because they, they were going 10 miles under the speed limit that when they eventually turned right and out the way, I put my foot down and I read a speed sign wrong and I got flashed by a speed camera. <laughs> so I'm going to have to do four more gigs to pay for that speed camera plus probably another one to play because I then went home bought a box of Magnums and then sat there with my missus and we ate a box of Magnums well so this is point one on part one of Matt Wills' mentality now what I'm looking forward to the main feed what our Patreon listeners already know is how Matt goes through the seven stages of grief when he has to watch something for more than three weeks so <laughs> we're not doing all four of these we're not we're, doing we, all six of these things. No way. Not in a row, but we're doing them all, yeah. What? I thought we're we were doing, doing one and we one. would... No, we do all of them. What, for the main feed? Yeah. We just drop them in as and when, but yeah. No, that's insanity. Well, you, no, no, you have to have not. conformity. You have to have a, a linear... No, you don't. Not when I'm in charge, Matt, unfortunately. <laughs> can't just do episode one of The Innocent Man and then leave the last fucking five. That's where the, the story's just starting. We're doing the rest of them. No, why are we? I th- oh, yeah, I th- it's, the, it's the Patreon pick. Yeah, but they can't pick a docu-series. Oh, I guess they yeah, can. Yeah, they can. Actually, they can pick anything they bloody well like. Um, yeah. They are the so. customer. Well, thanks, Amy Jane. <laughs> she did say you could do a few sports ones after you were bummed out after making a murderer. I was proper bummed out after making a murderer. Um... Anyway, Season two, coming soon. Anyway, that's oh, it's out. It's on Netflix. Popped up the other day. No, that's Tiger King season two. Oh, that is Tiger King season two. Sorry. Season two is already out of Making a Murderer and waiting for you next year. Way. Um, so, yeah, we didn't do She Shears because I was going to get that on Apple, but it cost £5.49 and I had the ump. So I was like, no, I'm not paying that. I refuse. What's She Shears about? Uh, it is about um, sheep shearers in Australia. The sheep shearing yeah. competition. Well, you know, well groomed. It's okay. I don't need to know anymore. I know exactly who those choices came from. And yeah, yeah. Your problem. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see she shears. Um, but this one we're doing today, the innocent man, is it's true crime. And I was speaking to a mate of mine today, and this dawned on me before I started speaking to my mate. Basically, true crime should be relabeled um, the death of women. Because that's all true crime is. It's it's never they never kill a bloke. It's always a woman gets killed by a nut job man. Can't we just rename it nut job men? Yeah, but you also see men slowly die inside on true crime, <laughs> so it evens out. I it's just yeah. It, I I want to see some true crime when some blokes die. Oh, okay, Nielsen uh, tips. Who, who are not children? Nielsen tips. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good shout. Okay. All right. Um, which other one we had? What I like here is your database brain is clicking in. I love that because on the here yeah. you are the on this document on this podcast you're like Lieutenant Commander Data from Star Trek, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I'm just I, I'm I'm Worf the security guy. That's all I am. <laughs> Sometimes, Matt, the ego on you is astonishing. <laughs> I just want to be told. I'm the one with the big axe. Yeah, yeah. that's probably me. <laughs> Got real attitude, I have. Anyway, so I watched Whatever. this documentary. Ensign Crusher. <laughs> That's me, I'm Crusher. <laughs> yeah. 
and not even the qualified shirt, doctor. Red shirt just trying to get on the fucking bridge <laughs> by mopping shit up outside it. So effectively, this documentary is uh, is quite sad. Uh, it's about two murdered girls, and this was episode one, season one, and this one was called Debbie and Denise. And it starts off, we see, we hear about Dawn Carter, who was murdered in 1982. And I don't know if you noticed this, the first 15 minutes of this documentary, the only man in it was John Grisham, and he was in it momentarily. Was it not Debbie Carter? Dawn Carter, I got. Oh, it was. No. Oh, sorry, hang on, that's my mistake. Uh, it was Debbie. It was Debbie Carter. That's why the episode's called Debbie and Denise. Yeah. Okay, Lieutenant Commander Data, you are correct. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> Stand there for your act, off, you fucking idiot. <laughs> but here's the thing. So, yeah, the first 15 minutes, it's all female, and I thought that was really cleverly done. But the, the first person we meet is a court reporter named uh, either Debbie or Dawn Teal, um, and she goes to the lockup of a container unit and explains that all the evidence and transcripts of all the cases that she reported on is kept in this basically storage oh, unit God, that, terrifying that and it's i beg your pardon dylan or debbie well she's she, like holding the fucking forensic evidence going yeah that's that could be what she yeah. uh, got strangled with it's basically it's in a shed in a lockup you're like what what the fuck what surely that should be held by the judiciary oh, that's not right is it oh I, again if if you've evaded prosecution which i get a feeling someone has uh, by the title of this uh, documentary, and you see, oh, it's in that garage, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like... But it's not even, it's not um, environmentally controlled. There's no air conditioning. It's a metal box. It's a shipping container. Well, that, that kind of puts it, it's in Ada, Oklahoma, which is a very small town. The opening sequence to this is bang right what i like about a documentary this is this is cut and paste from all documentaries i kind of enjoy the way it's pieced together so you see that the small town there's a church on every fucking corner everyone goes and sees high school football as if it's the champions yeah, league final friday night yeah yeah which i can't imagine what that does to a community to your school do you know what i mean like it unites you i i don't know i think it inflates ego and creates problems I don't know if it's uniting. Like, well, there is some ego. Have you ever watched the TV show? Um, it, absolutely superb, called Friday Night Lights. It's based on the film. No, that no, is, I have not. That is well worth watching, man. Well worth but watching. Like, but like, imagine like the kid that bullies you. Your dad is cheering on with a scarf with his face <laughs> painted on a Friday. <laughs> That's exactly what. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-two more yards for Kingston. <laughs> like, it, it, it's just a <laughs> mental system. Like, it's fucking insane to me. You see, you see it look like stadiums, like those bleachers and stuff like that. Yeah, like, if yeah. someone wanted to come and watch, like, a school, you, st- you stand by the field if you want to come and watch, like, a UK school football team. You go, Todd. You bully my boy anytime you like, son. Go on. Here's me 16-year-old daughter, Todd. Be part of the family. <laughs> but, no, like, in the UK, you stand by the field. If you stand too close, you've got to be the fucking linesman. Like, this is a different level. Like, Very they're hiring, yeah. hiring coaches. Like, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer's just been sacked. Can you imagine? Your PE teacher's coming under fucking <laughs> scrutiny to be fired. I think someone might be looking for you in the back there, Matt. I'm not sure. There's a guy popping around. Nah, he's no, he's gone. Right. There's someone with a scythe right. and a hood. I don't know what's going on with your company currently. 
Yeah, there's a bit of anger in the room. Um, <laughs> that's probably why he's glad you contained in there. Yeah. So, and then it shows you they've got a church on every street corner, and yes. this is the first the first actual dialogue of the documentary is uh, the I think he's the pastor or the vicar or the priest or to whatever dom- denomination he is. He turns around and says. Well, if I was any happy, I'd be triplets and walked off. And I'm like, that is... That makes no sense. As, that's as hokey as it gets, you but, know? But, no, that's as bullshit as it gets. What, what do you mean he'd be well, triplets? Ho- well, hokey is bullshit. Yeah, it's just oh, dumb right. shit okay. catchphrases. Can you imagine if you're allowed to get away with catchphrases in this country? We're way too cynical. <laughs> People would be saying that behind your back every time you went past. Garlic oh. bread. Can't go in Greg's anymore. Why? Oh, that guy who's happy as triplets to get a fucking steak pick. <laughs> um, I just found this whole... Did, lead us in on this one. Why, why did you... Because obviously we... I, I wouldn't say we vet the Patreon picks. But I mean, we after today and what I've just found out, we're going to start. So... Oh, not at all, because the uh, the two people that of, of the picks we were going to do basically have an opinion on documentaries that are beyond reproach as far as the, the recruitment and selection process is concerned. <laughs> this is what democracy is. If it's two-thirds rule, that, that's how it works. Um, and then basically we hear about, we hear about the um, evidence that the court reporter is holding up. Bear in mind, this stuff's got blood particles on it. And she's, she's oh, holding yeah. it up and she so, said, I won't open it up because, you know, I don't want to touch it. Hang on a fucking second. You won't open that up because you're going to be damaging evidence, even though it was a long time ago. Yeah. So to, to, to backtrack and explain what had actually happened, basically, there was a brutal murder. Um, I want to say 84. Or 88. 82. 82 and 84 were the two. Yeah, yeah. The last, next last he disappeared two years later. And the first one, it was a home invasion. They go into great detail, but it's kind of like Manson family-esque where oh, it's horrible. she's been tortured all night and then there's blood written across the body. Yeah. Yeah, they wrote, they carved a dye into her skin, which was, it was just horrible. It was really horrible. Duke Graham will die and Jim Smith next will die. And... Yeah. Don't look for us or else. And then it's funny because they went, we checked the two names. They had alibis, which, man, if it turned out to be those guys going, well, the police are going to think it's us. I know. We'll we'll say where next, and then that'll throw them off the scent. <laughs> <laughs> and meeting some of the people in Ada, Oklahoma, that is entirely a possibility. And, well, and her, her family, you get to meet her family, so you get to meet her mum. And they've got proper... Um folksy American names as well, which which just makes it feel... I mean, it's a horrible thing anyway, right, that this poor young lady's died. But then when you meet her family and they feel really folksy and lovely, I don't know, it just it enhances the sadness, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, well, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, if it just sounds like someone on the news, you've heard that before. You don't have yes. a whole lot of people in your life that sound like they're on the fucking news. But if it was a brummy that lives down the street and you're like... Oh, I believe that shit. I've heard that fucking tone of voice before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she, her mum's called uh, Peggy Peggy Sue Carter, uh, which again, they've, and they've all got, all their names sound like they're out of, they're either country and western singers or they're yeah. featured in country and western songs. It's it's the Johnny Cash killer, yeah. He, and it, there's going to be a boy named Sue turn up in episode <laughs> two. Who's, uh, That's my favourite song. Being That's assaulted with a salad cream bottle. And a bit off a chunk of his ear. 
And then, uh, then what happens? What happens? I, I know what happened. I slowly got miserable, and then I just, I, I got dragged down and down and down. Okay. Yeah. But for the rest of us who watch documentaries, <laughs> I don't get why this is entertainment. I think that's well, it's the story. These are like I, fascinating. I think I'm really stories. tired this morning. Yeah, I, I think this. you're in a pissy mood. I am in a pissy mood. I, 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 I think no one's noticed that you opened the curtains in the office today, and you've sat there chewing your fucking <laughs> cheeks all day long. Yeah, like, what? I've got to do a fucking thing. You said today, look, why don't we leave it? And I went, no, you're my respite. Get in that fucking studio and start recording, Wharton. And you better cheer me up, motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, no, the Klingon doesn't like true crime. Shut the fuck up and watch the documentary, Wills. Because, yeah, this one, and it's setting the scene. Part one is basically setting the scene the whole way through yeah. it, and it's... Very much, it, it is almost like a direct cross between making a murder and West of Memphis. This is like slap bang in the middle of those two, if you're to pick. Yeah, and it is incredibly well made, right? There is no, there's no like, but, um, you don't feel in any of the production values or the way they've done the talking heads or any of that. You, you are compelled to watch. I did genuinely yeah. feel that. And each episode is 45 minutes long. Mm. So it was, it was a real... From that point of view, it was quite a nice bite-sized chunk of... And at the end of it, you're kind of like, well, what happens next? Which is, that's that's the mark of it. And, and, it's, got, and it's got a good old good old jinx-like episode yes. one yeah, cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the one of the first people to talk was a guy called John Grisham. And his name ring a bell. I need to look up who he is. I know he's a, hang, an author. Hang on. I'd, I'd, sorry, I naturally assumed you know who John Grisham is. No, I'm not a big reader. Okay, he's one of the most successful writers on the planet in our current society. He writes basically okay. lawyer novels. Have you heard of the Pelican Brief? Yes. Okay, he wrote that. Nice. Have you heard? Have you seen that film with John Cusack where? Um, Is that a go, time to kill? No, they go after big tobacco. No, okay. no, I have but, not. But have you seen that. any any film with lawyers in? John Grisham probably wrote it. Uh, he's okay. mate. He's fucking massive. His, his well, books his... are, my sister's a massive fan. I think she's read everything he's done. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't doubt it. But his quote in the opening thing is just like, well, that's my number one thing I like in the documentary. Because he says, this is my first foray into nonfiction. And if I had have wrote this story as fiction, no one would have believed what was happening. It would have been too unrealistic. Yeah. I'm like, that's what you want in the documentary. You know, there's an, there's an author he wrote... Um, Breakfast at Tiffany's, his name's Truman Capote. And he wrote uh, a, a similar book to John Grisham called... In I think he's a centre-back for Watford. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote a book called In Cold Blood, where basically these two guys in the 60s committed a terrible crime. Um, I believe it was against the whole family, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong there. I don't know the details. I bought the book, but I never read it. Um, and that Truman Capote, said, because he interviewed the killer's constantly he spent a lot of time with him in jail to help write the book and it, yeah they reckon it, it really got into his head and I've, John, the John Grisham book sounds very very similar where he's he's gone into something and he's researched it and have you noticed was that his last dip into fiction as well that was his only non-fiction, non-fiction. Uh, not sure I, yeah. I imagine it's a lot more work asking someone what happened here as opposed to going this happened here. Yes. It seems, seems harder to me. 
Yeah, yeah. And then we hit across a bunch of other tropes, which is uh, surprise how the case was handled. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. there's something that happens not on alarming regularity on some of the documentaries we see. The, the police said they go through the, um, I think it's Gary Rogers and Dennis Smith worked the case. Yeah, and you got the DA, who they even called as folksy, and he likes telling stories. Yeah, and th- th- basically they said they arrived, and there were so many people over the in the uh, in the crime scene of the first murder for poor Debbie that they mm. said, you know, have, yeah. It, but they worked the case. But yeah, you know, straight away the minute they go, well, the crime scene was a shambles. Um, this this woman looks after the after the evidence in her shed. You're like. So someone's gonna get screwed over here. This isn't looking yeah, good. Yeah, and it's something. It's such a. You can tell why this case went notorious because there's murders all the time, yeah. but there's not murders with threats written in yeah. blood and shit like that all the time. Yeah, and then two years later, the ante gets upped because another poor young lady called Denise Haraway goes missing, and she is basically she's working in a convenience store. Uh, yeah, like a garage stop, like a yeah. Um, yeah, it's like an all night. It's like an evening. Yeah, it's a convenience store, isn't it? In the states, it's we'd call it a corner shop, but they just don't really have corners because their roads are just straight and go on for forever. The act outs are simple, but really help move it along. Now to have this as opposed to murder in the park, mm. murder in the park, where it's straight talking heads and then pictures of scenes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like. Compared to this way, like you got the car going into the truck stop at a certain time of night, and then like there's people out of shot walking out of the young girl. They they go in there looking to buy fags, and since we go to all these places so often on the road, coming back from gigs and stuff, I completely identified it being like, yeah. "Can you believe there's no one in W. H. Smith right now?" Yeah, I seen the last. I seen a gun outside with two fellas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just want to buy this, and yeah, and the two guys then reported it to the old bill. But then if you committed a crime, what would you do? If you, you report it to the old bill. And th- they did this thing really well in uh, Lethal Weapon 1, where the prostitute who reports the other prostitute jumping off the building, because she says, I watched the whole thing. And they're like, oh, you're our eyewitness. No, she was, oh, spoiler coming up, she was in the apartment with the prostitute. If anything, she probably gave her a shove and helped her over the ledge. Right. So um, That's what we're going by, Lethal Weapon. Yeah, well, this is the problem. This well, is it's lethal weapon Rogers on the Simpsons. I can't think of a Simpsons episode where they cover true crime. What other references have we got, Rick? All right, I'll I'll keep it within the Klingon <laughs> realm. All right, sure. Um, there's a woman who uh, Denise worked for, and she, this is in the Ada Historical Society, and she was saying how lovely she was, and her name, Billie Jean Floyd. Again, another folksy. You know, country and western style singer. What are you expecting, bumfuck Oklahoma to take a I, fucking phrase from uh, uh, Tiger King? He's I, out there and bumfuck Oklahoma, <laughs> Ada. Ada. And then, so they, so Karen Wise, these two suspicious people, and these, I think these have to be made. I don't know if how much good they do next to bad, but they, they build a composite. Yeah, they do an artist drawing. And uh, they they are spot on for for two blokes, like literally. Yeah. Basically, what they've done is they've taken a picture of two men, and then they've gone turned that into a they've ahaed it. You know the video from Aha. They've done yeah. that with these two pictures, <laughs> and they've gone these are you guys. 
Oh, look, it really looks like you. Did he have a mullet that didn't suit him, wore jeans and a T-shirt that didn't fit quite so well? Smoking, yeah, that's the guy. That's the one you want to find in Oklahoma in the 80s. <laughs> so Billy Chuck, Billy Charlie had an alibi who looked like, and also Tommy Ward had quite a few calls to see him. So they go check out Tommy Ward. They pull them both in, didn't they? Tommy Ward and Johnny Lee. Uh, it's, no, Johnny Lee was mate. And the other guy they pulled in is a guy called Carl... Fontanot. Oh, Fontano. Yeah, this guy. I mean, we've watched some harrowing stuff over the past year, but these are confession tapes, and they are really disturbing. Who's Titsworth? Which one's that? There's Fontano, and Titsworth's the third man. Is that right? Yeah, so there's a guy called Odell Titsworth. So what they said is Odell Titsworth, who was a Native American, orchestrated the whole thing and organized the whole thing. And he basically talked. Um, he talked Carl Fontenay and Tommy Ward into it, and then they confess. Yeah, just to backtrack. So basically, the the interrogation goes straight into them going, "Are you saying this of your own free will?" And again, just watch Murder in the Park. Just watch Making a Murderer, and you got a guy sat there next to three cans of coke going, "Yeah." So looking knackered, picked her up, and he just. This is the second murder, not the first, by the yeah. way, as well. This, So the second lady, Denise, that went missing. And they just go through in brutal detail about how the three of them all went and did this. Like, to not go... I don't want to have to fucking read out what they did, but no. it's fucking brutal. It you hear brutal. about Fontano's fucking life where, like... Oh, mate, yeah. This... They said his dad would have sex with animals in front of him. And you're like, well... He would beat him every day. I, yeah. I got it as well that his dad killed his mum in front of him. They didn't Something actually like say that, that was... but I read it into the what they were saying. Or mm. I, I heard two and two, and I got seven. Yeah, I think it was either that or his mum died in front of him. Mm. And I rewatched his mum die. Yeah, and you think, well, if he didn't do this murder, let's just pop him away anyway, because he's going to do the next one. Like, he's, this guy's a bus waiting for a murder. There was he, a... Looks like, he looks like uh, the first person beat up in an action movie. <laughs> The red shirt guy off of Star Trek. Yeah, he, look, he looks like the guy Jackie Chan gives a spin kick to after he's rude to him in a nightclub. <laughs> Your work here is done, Rick. Thank you. I've, my day is my day is made. I've just laughed like a child. Thank you. And they're like, Carl was a little slow in his thinking. Yeah. But and then here's the thing. So Odell Titsworth, who was the... Oh, so they've given this whole yeah, they've give this whole dis- description the of whole it. whole story, yeah. And Odell is the guy, right? And they're like, well, he made us do it, basically. You know, we didn't want to do this terrible thing to this poor girl. Anyway, it turns out Odell Titsworth had an alibi, and his alibi was two nights before the police broke his arm. And not, <laughs> not just his arm, like the upper part of his arm. Right, so there was no way he could have carried a woman over his shoulder. He could have held a woman down, um, and the police said, "Actually, yeah, we we did actually do that. Uh, here's the X-ray as proof." And yeah, he wouldn't have, yeah, he couldn't have done any of that. So suddenly you're like, well, "Why have you confessed?" Because they confessed to doing all the bad stuff as well. Why Can have you broken Odell into it? Just before we get into this next, so I get to this bit this morning when I'm watching it, right? And uh, I've got a patcher coming round to do some work on the house for the snag list. Right. And me and this guy the other day, so we came round the other day, and I, I don't, 
I've told you before, me and Tradesman, it's normally awkward. I mentioned as you're a Newcastle fan, he came out to do a 15-minute job. He stayed for two hours to talk about the takeover. I fucking love this guy. I even showed him the app that shows you all the mood he gave. Like, he was like, honestly, he's telling me shit like, oh, I've got a mage brother who, dis- who knows this about that. It was fucking amazing. And, like, we had a good crack on. Like, he comes... But I'm I'm on a deadline to get this done. Do you know what I mean? So he comes in and he's like... I saw did you see the Brentford game and it's him standing there going like oh you should have seen where they found the lid of the fucking ketchup bottle and I'm busy making notes like a psychopath <laughs> I was around this lad's house today it looks like he was planning some sort of murder with ketchup um, and the sad thing is about Denise's body it was never ever found um, and here's yeah, what Carl so- Fontenay said and this is uh, this is very disturbing. And this is quite telling of the times we live in. He said, look, they were just glad they were locking him up because then he didn't have to worry about his next meal or where he was going to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, they had a childhood friend talking about how this isn't in their, you know, in their makeup. But this childhood friend is also happens to be in lockup the day they get locked up. Shit like that. This is, this is a small town. <laughs> this is... But then I I got the impression that suspicion was then turned on to the guys who reported the crime, which is why I'm making the lethal lethal weapon reference. Yeah, I think... Does that make sense? Well, the smoking gun is the title. Do you know what I mean? Like, the title of this one, The Innocent... Yeah, man. So you have to assume this is everything we've... We've almost got a degree in what is happening (laughs) to these guys currently. You say that, uh, but my degree must be still in the post because I'm like, they're fucking guilty. I've seen that confession. Well, this is but brilliant. Now you're yeah. saying murder in the park. I'm like, oh, God, yeah, they did have a gun to Murder in the park. West, this yeah, yeah. is West, like of, Memphis. West of Memphis. Yeah. Like this, because this is a very good way of being like, it's not being like, oh, this is what they were coerced into saying. Yeah. This is, look, look at how guilty these guys are. Look at them. Yeah. He's talking about the blade going in after being after yeah. being asked, where did the blade go? No, it didn't. It went this bit. All right, it went here. It really hard. <laughs> but what, what was disturbing about that was the prosecutor said to uh, Carl, Carl Fontenay, so how hard did you stab? Oh, it stabbed pretty hard, so the blade went in. Can you act that out for me, please? Because he knows. Yeah. He's making a tape for the jury. Because yeah. then you see the the suspected murder, who's confessed to it, going, "Oh yeah, it was like this," and he's waving his hand yeah. up and down, like stabbing the desk. You know, like, oh, for fuck's sake, mate, that's a slam dunk, right, for a jury? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I'm sitting on was, my hands if I ever get questioned. I'm doing. I'll, they'll have me up for. I'll, I'll be done for the Jack the Ripper stuff if I ever get questioned by the police. They'll, they'll have neat. me in fucking circles in minutes. Do you want another Magnum or not, Wills? I did it. What? Anything. <laughs> just give me the fucking Magnum. If you just imagine them just like putting a vape pen on the table and just <laughs> moving it slowly closer towards me. You got in the truck, didn't you, Wharton? <laughs> hmm? Hmm? I've told you this before. My um, One of the women who used to come around our house and see my stepmom, they were old neighbours, but she was basically one of the women who helped set up CND. What's CND? Right. Uh, the Campaign for Nuclear Disarmament. Oh, okay. She's so, doing well. Yes. So she's an activist, right? And really, so the last it, time... To I, be in fairness, that's, that's a fair one. I heard some horrific shit about China the other day. Do you, know, do you remember the mental postman, Diana? Mental postman? What? Yeah, yeah, the guy who came to the gigs. Yes, 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 yes. Long guy. 
All right, so he now lives out in somewhere in case someone else is yep. listening. It's, yeah. it's, it's, he's that kind of guy where you're like, oh, wait, no, I don't want to ever be deposed on this. But basically, <laughs> he's the type of guy who who will like ring up and be like, fucking hell, you heard about China? And, and he's telling me like, how they've got these supersonic missiles that will end the world now. <laughs> yes. But do you know why they've got that? It's because they've got an issue with geography, China, and they need they need more. Basically, they need what America's got, which is a a coast to coast operation. They need two seas to operate from. That's why they're taking over so much territory, because they're worried about getting invaded. As is every country on the planet. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a great book called Prisoners of Geography. If you were by Tim Marshall, I think superb. It's one of the best books I've listened to in a fucking long time. I don't see any invasions ever happening again. This is all done by drones and shit from now on. Yeah, but it's still it's still going on. There's a ton of wars going on. And it's all this for is... land and concrete and air now. Air's some of the most important thing. Airspace is key. Airspace? Yeah. So is that like the design, a bit like how we're at war for the fish at the minute? That a no bit, one's a bit like that, yeah. yeah. So for instance, if you take Laos in Southeast Asia... Um, they make a huge chunk of their money from their airspace because everyone has to fly over their country because of where they are. They're landlocked in the middle of Southeast Asia. See, when you look at it as a whole and as a geopolitical conversation, it's interesting. But then when you look at the practicalities of that in your own life, like, oh my God, Guildford's been invaded by the French. We're still running the gig in Hazelmere. You're going to have to come down. <laughs> and- the weird thing is, uh, he's made. Oh, you doing stuff? You doing stuff about the invasion? The last guy did. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. We get it. You got pistol whipped at the border. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Write some new fucking stuff. The um, the thing is, he he made a thing about the. I will get back onto Helen John because it was incredibly fascinating. The um, he made some great point about Russia, and Russia thinks they're a big global superpower. Whereas they're not, because most of the time their country is no. They lost that chess rocks. match. Yes, <laughs> and it's as simple as that. And it's because of where they're located and because of the weather. The the and he, I I don't know why, but I got it in my head that he went, yeah, Russia's not a big player. And I I thought of it the same way I think of Newcastle United from what I heard on the radio the other day. But they're like, well, they are a big team, but only in Newcastle. And obviously yeah, that well, will change, but. Like for the time being, and Russia's the same. They are an incredibly powerful country in that part of the world, but otherwise they're not that. They're not even real players, and that's why they're. But Russia, it's uh, it's China and America are the key players. The, one of the reasons is, I mean, America's. No, I'm too dumb to go into the geopolitical thing of right. communism and consumerism, but. Well, yeah, I, I think it's more the, the cult of personality, charismatic leader. Like, the same as Kim Jong and the same as Putin. Those are the guys who put themselves front and centre on all the news, whereas we don't really... Yeah. I couldn't name the guys in Myanmar that led the mass slaughter or no. the people in fucking this and that country that we keep on seeing pop up. But Putin, he looks like a villain. <laughs> he does, and he's very good at what he's doing as well. And he's not a villain from his point of view. He's doing the right thing by his people. You watched Icarus, didn't you? Yeah, but he's doing the right thing by his people. His people by his people, wins. so yeah, yeah. But but by but by then putting hits out on people because of it is the right well, thing by his people. 
the rules. You're mental, Matt. You're mental. Listen, You've decided what the parameters get, of his job is. Snitches get stitches. Everyone Look, knows just the rule, Rick. Just because someone in your dad's garage said something that fucking rhymed does not make <laughs> it true. Snitches, <laughs> snitches get stitches is one of the dumbest but, fucking things I've ever heard. But from listen, from Putin's point of view, he he's doing what he believes is the right thing. I'm not saying yeah, he's doing grab. a good thing. Yeah, but he's doing it because he believes that will protect the future of his country. Nah, it's his own personal prosperity. No, of course it ain't. That's why they'll he's never press the button. That. No, of course yeah, it's yeah, it's mutually assured destruction. Wow, we got off well off topic, didn't we? Right, let me finish well, the Helen John well, thing before. And snitches get well, stitches. He's, that's a. If you're in prison, remember that shit. But yeah, unless yeah. you're the guy holding the gun, yeah, you might want to tell someone that guy's got a fucking gun. Yeah, or an, an arsenal of nuclear weapons. So yeah, back the fuck off. Um, but anyway, what Helen John taught me, she said, don't forget, Matthew, if you ever do get arrested by the police, don't say anything. And I went, what's that? So you've got to wait for a lawyer. And she said, oh, no, it just pisses them off because eventually they have to offer you a cup of tea. They have to offer you cigarettes. And she went, make them make all the offers. And she went, it just weakens their position and pisses them off. I'm like, oh, okay then. I'm just saying that she got arrested for terrorism for smashing up a a US airbase (laughs) with a toffee hammer. And a pair of now a pair of wire clips. She broke into a she got into a U.S. airbase and cut in them in uh, the, in Britain. And she cut loads of the wires in loads of the planes. Fucked them all up. I'm sure I've spoke about that before. She's a no, I know. Uh, no, she's a hero of mine. Bre- I, I think she's amazing. Breaking into a U.S. airbase with a toffee yeah. hammer. <laughs> yeah, she's really committed to the cause. Yeah, yeah. Not enough to buy a real hammer, but just she fucking she's got yeah, gumption. Hammer. Yeah. Um. Anywho, back to the documentary. Um, so yeah Ward and Fontenot both were found guilty by a hung, uh, by a, all jurors said yes you're fucking guilty that's when you know you're screwed right they, they went through and because like like we said the third one Titsworth didn't have uh, they had the alibi he wasn't there yeah. so that destroys all credibility to everything they've said and then the DA who's folksy and likes to tell stories then basically put upon them that they just made they did kind of made Titsworth a figment of their imagination. Yeah. And they didn't they couldn't handle the fact that they did these things. So whenever they say it's Titsworth, it's actually Tommy clever. Ward. Yeah. Well, that's clever, right? Because someone else did Well it. when you see the guy doing the stabbing motion, and there's no point and if you haven't just watched the three documentaries we've watched over the last six months, you even watching this you're like Aye, that Fon- that Fontana or Fontaine guy. Um, I reckon he's guilty. But the, everyone looks guilty when they're being questioned by the police. Mm. Everybody. Brendan Dassey didn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everybody but Brendan look guilty when you're being questioned by the police. Um, so we then uh, we then cut to the year 2017. And we see a lovely looking gentleman. We see a lovely looking gentleman. Butter would not melt in this guy's mouth. And then he says, "Hi, I'm Tommy Ward. I've been in prison for thirty three years for a crime I didn't commit." You're like, "What the fuck? I've just watched you confess to one of the most horriblest things I've ever witnessed as a human as a human being." And you, what? You're innocent. And he looks so yeah. lovely, doesn't he? And I'm looking forward to where this progresses to from episode one. Oh, no. Here's I, the note I made after that, right? 
sorry to cut across you here, but I said, why don't you watch the rest of it and then just give me the five-minute summary in the back of a car one day? Yeah, that's never going to happen. We're not going to do them back-to-back each week, but say, every other week we're going to drop in another episode of this because this will be a fun one. We have different definition. We have different definitions of the word fun. There, my old. You friend. enjoyed making a murderer. I have very much enjoyed making a murderer. Are you enjoying Tiger King? Uh, I don't, I'm getting a bit bored of Tiger King. Exactly. Yeah. So, oh, I see what you've done there. Yeah. But I tell you what, this documentary does have, uh, apart from great names, soundtrack. Uh, it's got a great soundtrack. Mm. Absolutely, yeah, it's got, it's got a kind of soundtrack. Acoustic six 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 number of the beast. It's yeah, got the, yeah. all the tracking shots. Yeah. I think it's really well put together. I'm, yeah, me I'm too. Look, I'm Quality, enjoying man. this. Um, yeah, I, I tell you what. Just another aside. They've just released Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. Great. What soundtrack. is that? It's sci-fi, like a sci-fi series. It's very good. If you like, it's very basic sci-fi. It's very well made. It's a basically it's a bounty hunter in a sci-fi format, but the music is just. Yeah, it's very, um, for those people who are listening who know the case, the Soul Weekenders that used to exist, where me and my missus met, it's that sort of, it's the dark room in there sort of music, which gets played about 2am, when you're just, you're just working out, do I do I drop my next pill or not? That's what you, oh, you're, you're at that stage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is, I'm not going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back, but i got to be honest. The, the back's broke, Rick. You're in the, you're in the barn. Yeah. <laughs> you're fucking in the barn, aren't you? Like, whenever you start looking at the ceiling going, I remember being fucking pilled off me face and it was the best time of me life. <laughs> yeah, it's the two weeks afterwards or waking up in hospital not having a fucking clue what's going on I don't like. Um, I don't like putting my family through hell. I think that's what I'm saying. Uh, but anyway, let's. All right, so we're going to come back to this, is what you're saying. Cheer up then. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how miserable I would be if I was proper miserable. Um, I'm following my dreams. I got given a successful job with very little effort. Imagine if it was a struggle, Matt. <laughs> Imagine if that pressure wasn't internal. <laughs> oh, man. Mind you, the last four gigs were all right. So, uh, yeah, who can complain? Um, beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Oh, I can't wait to hear how Worthing goes on fucking 18th of December. Libertines? I think so, yeah. Libertines, uh, get yourself down there if you want to see three grown men cry. (laughs) If you're in Worthing on uh, on the 18th, and I think it's 18th and 19th of December, it's a double hitter. I would say check out one-off comedy anytime in December if you want to yeah. see three men close to the brink because that schedule yeah. from the travelling to yeah. so just how I know it's going to be. Um, yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I'd like to thank whoever does the book and I'm not going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> That's one-off well, comedy on Facebook or jump on their website, oneoffcomedy.co.uk. What, what, what a massive for, fortuitous turn of events. <laughs> I'm living my dream. And actually, I've quite enjoyed it. Hey, um, that, listen, other than taking the piss at how Christmas might be, um, they are really good gigs. Some awesome comics on there. Yeah, there are. That one on Saturday but, uh, night, uh, I, watched a, I watched two guys, actually, who were just different gravy. Mm. One of them's quite new, and the other one just... Oh, mate, I was sitting, like, side on, looking at him, just laughing like a child. He was beautiful. It was really nice. Anyway, back to true crime. 
let's get to what we're we doing next week, mate. Uh, next week, uh, we either pick one or we do episode two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, come the fuck so, on. We'll try and find okay. glow. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some sleuthing trying to find the glow documentary. Okay. But if it's that difficult for us to find, it may be difficult for others. Um, yeah, I'm struggling. Yeah. No, I haven't got the uh, TV at home currently. So um, yeah. So uh, what right. happened there? Uh, oh, I'm not there. I'm doing so many shifts and so many gigs. I'm just not there. So I'm using my time. Oh, right, at, I'm right, using right. my time at home for quality time with my missus. All mm-hmm. ten minutes of it. Fully recommended, given yeah. given the Christmas run. Yeah, I was at home on Sunday and I just ended up biting her head off because I was so tired. Yeah, I went to bed at I'm, like 8 o'clock. I'm the opposite. I'm trying to sneak presents past our last where we both never leave the house because we're completely self, self-enclosed. self So it's kind of like, I'm going out tomorrow. Why? Don't worry about it. Another <laughs> <laughs> you need to know, Gil. Trying to make things nice. If it's not a surprise, it's something you could have bought yourself. All right, shut, shut your fucking face. Shut up. <laughs> Anything I'm about to get her as a surprise, she will just suggest that she might just buy it for herself. And I'm like, I hate this. Our first anniversary, so like we were broke students at the time. I knew she wanted a bookshelf. I fucking knew it. So like, day before, we live right next door to an Ikea. No, I got to Ikea. you didn't get her a Billy bookshelf. I got her a bookshelf and I hide it behind the sofa and the sofa's by the wall. No one's ever going to see it. Go to work that day, the next day. I'm going to give it to her on the evening. And uh, I come home. She's went and bought the same fucking bookshelf from IKEA. Just couldn't couldn't wait any longer. Just, I think in her mind, she's like, well, he's got us nothing. I might as well go and get myself something I like. So, did, how did you hide a wardrobe? It was a massive flat, and it was just behind a sofa. Like this is this wasn't uh, Cage's house trained Rick type of house. This is she's moved into Jumanji, <laughs> and she's making the best of it. So it's me and me two or three student mates. So it was just behind a sofa in the living room, which that's a communal room, so that wasn't our... It's not on us to keep it Fair enough. Well, fair play. Oh, yeah. We got moved out pretty quickly of that one. (laughs) Well, at least you had two bookcases, you know. Well, what I wouldn't give for it to switch to a Kindle. The amount of back problems I have from moving. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm shorter because of Terry Pratchett. (laughs) (laughs) Terry Pratchett and Dandruff, I could have been six foot two. I know people are not going to like this. He was a bit of a dick anyway. I've met him a couple of times. He was, yeah, he wasn't the nicest. You've got to, I've got to be honest. Your handshake's ridiculous, Matt. Yeah, but I, I, I'm on Pratchett's side of that. Come on, man! Come you on, you shake a... hands like you're worried, like like you're trying to get fucking respect in prison. Yeah, that that's what the guy taught me. He taught me yeah. how to shake hands. Dave Purcell. And, yeah. And, and you've got to think who and why was teaching you that. Is this someone who, well, if people now you can fucking handle yourself, then then you've had a good life. <laughs> what was it someone said to me the other day and I went, when I kicked them two people out? I went, I don't, I said, no one's going to hit me. And he went, yeah, it's because you look like a fucking psychopath. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if that's a level. Yeah. Oh, oh well. Right, let's score this one, and I'm going to go and uh, eat some. Well, chicken we'll give salad. the score at the end of the six, but so far I'm enjoying it. Oh, good gosh, really? Yeah. Okay. You can't you can't base it on the first forty-five of a six-hour thing. No, that's that's fair enough, my friend. Um, okay, right. Well, I'll uh, I'll see you next week, I guess. All right, catch you later. Ta-da.